The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Christ Universal Temple was founded in 1956 by Dr. Coleman. And if you're in our area, in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to fellowship with us. Stop by, check us out. I'm sure you will, will enjoy the experience. Also, if you're not in our area but you would like to see what we're about, please stop by our website at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. You can watch our live stream, which is from 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. Uh, and you can also watch many on-demand videos of uh, our services, our minister and our choir seminars, our founder, guest speakers, etc. So stop by, check it out. I'm sure you will like it. Today we're wrapping up the series on Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady. This series is obviously based upon the book Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady, and I've been teaching it chapter by chapter, and now we've come to the last chapter, The Unity of Spirit. And hopefully you've been following along with all of the series, and if you have missed a chapter, meaning a week where I taught one of the chapters, I would strongly suggest you go back and take a look at, uh, listen to the chapter, and get the book. You can download this book 
from anywhere. It's, it's even free on the internet in different places. You can download it to your tablets, to your uh, smartphones. You can carry it with you. This is one of those foundational books that gets better every time you read it. I would strongly suggest if you do not have the book Lessons in Truth that you get it. I would strongly suggest that you read it. Then I would suggest that you read it again and at least make it a part of your consistent reading practice. In other words, don't allow a year to go by where you don't read Lessons in Truth from cover to cover. I believe in the book that strongly. So today we're going to be covering unity of spirit, unity of spirit. And basically this chapter is talking about the one God that that shows up in different forms of manifestation, not only individually as people, but also as different religious beliefs. One of the challenges that people have is they think that their revelation of God is the revelation of God. And without realizing that, that how God appears and reveals itself through you, in you, as you, to you, is based upon your own individual soul, your own individual consciousness, your own awareness. Therefore, is shaped by your thinking, is shaped by your culture, your upbringing, your tradition. Uh, and when we don't realize that, we think that many times that because you received it one way and another person teaches it another way, then, well, there can only be one right way without realizing that the right way is not limited to either one or any religion. The right way, quote-unquote, is the revelation and realization of God in your own soul. That's the unity of spirit because that revelation and realization is the revelation and realization of oneness, oneness with God, oneness with all humanity, oneness with all creation. When we realize that, that our oneness means sameness, then we realize that I am my brother's keeper. We realize that that which affects one affects all, and that which affects all affects one. When we realize that we're one in spirit, then I'm not so quick to want to take up arms against myself because we're one. And as as the paraphrase uh, the the first epistle of John. How can I say I love God who I've never seen, and not love my brother who I see? So part of the unity of spirit is creating a new way of looking at life. What I with the realization that any view that we have of God is inherently limited. No one can say with absolute certainty we have the totality of the God revelation. No one, nobody, ever, no religion, ever can say that. Because the moment we try to box God in, the box gets destroyed. Because God transcends our the limits of our paradigms. So when we try to put God within a context, the context just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger till it's shattered because there's no way that God can be limited 
to human thinking. Because the human thinking is limited to its perception, its observations, its occurrences, what it's been taught, what the five senses tell it. And God is beyond all of those things. So she states, and again, I'm teaching from the Unity Classic Library series version of Lessons in Truth. So I'm on page 158. And she gives some examples of different people looking through uh, different holes and seeing um feels and how they're when they see different things they try to say what they're seeing it but in their individual hole is the totality of what what's on the other side of the wall so on page 158 she says the fact is each one looking at the same world sees according to the size of the aperture through which he is looking and he limits the world to the to just his own circumscribed view of it so in other words my world, my life is limited completely by how I see it. Now, here's the challenge. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Now, that is true. I believe that's true. The challenge of that experience is, do I have an all-possibility God in my thinking? Or am I limiting my world based upon my view of it, my limited view? So she goes on to say, bottom of the page 158, I want you to see, if you do not already, that every time you try to limit God's manifestation of himself in any person or through any person in order to make that manifestation conform to what you see as truth, you are only crying loudly, ho, everyone, come and view my narrowness and my ignorance. You can't shape a person to be what you think they should be and believe what you think they should believe. Now, here, here's one of the things that, um, not a criticism, but an observation. Many times when people are having um, religious journeys, they feel as Though, and I'm not saying everyone, I said many people, some people, when they're having religious journeys, they, and, and they end up studying something from someone else's culture, not only do they borrow the religion, they borrow the culture. Because they didn't realize that the culture was just giving birth with, I mean, excuse me, the religion was just giving birth in that culture. So, you know, I'm just using this as an example, not as a, again, a criticism. If a person decides they want to study um, Hinduism, that does not mean you have to start dressing like you were born in India. But some people do that. Now, if they want to do that, obviously they're free to do that. I have no judgment on it. What I'm saying is that religion was born out of the culture. So the only reason why those people dress like that, that were teaching it, it was because their culture dressed like that. So, so is it about the mind? Is it about the realization or is it about the culture? Do I have to dress, talk, and act like you to get what you're saying and teaching? And some people say, yes, you do. I'm suggesting that you don't. I'm suggesting that you can be uniquely you, that you can uniquely study the mysteries of being in all religions, 
without necessarily taking on the culture, changing your personality, changing the way you talk, walk, dress, act, etc., and doing a complete 180, unless it's something that you feel as though that the spirit within is guiding you to do. Not based upon what man is telling you you should do. Well, you know, if you want to be saved, enlightened, transformed, or whatever, you have to wear these shoes, wear these clothes, put this on your head, shave your head, whatever. All these things are man-made rules. And they have nothing to do with the unity of spirit. Now, we respect and honor those rules because if that's how that culture and that religion wants to show up and express, then to God be the glory. What I'm saying is, beyond the culture of every religion, beyond their rules, beyond their symbolism, beyond their rituals, beyond the 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 clergy and the churches and the mosques and the temples and and the synagogues and the and, and monasteries and all of that stuff is the one spirit that transcends all of the cultures that is calling you into deeper understanding of itself in you. That's the unity of spirit. Now, she doesn't necessarily say it this way in this book, but I wanted to bring it up. This book was written in 1903. She wrote it in like 1894, these lessons. So I wanted to bring it right up to speed so we can get this. If you are on the spiritual journey, and I believe if you're listening to a show like this, you're on a spiritual journey. Let me rephrase that. You're always on a spiritual journey, even when you don't realize it, even when your actions say you're not. You're always on a spiritual journey because you're a spiritual being. Let me rephrase that. If you're on a conscious spiritual journey and you're longing for a deeper realization of truth in your soul, then realize that the only true way to know God is to know God in your own being. It has to be real to you. God has to be real to you. Not an intellectual um, um, dialogue that's going on in your mind about what is proper and what's not proper, what's clean, what's not clean, what's spiritual, what's not spiritual, what's real to you. She gives this example on page 159 talking about how the religions um, have less separation as you get closer to your realization of truth. She says, and believe me, just as there's less separation between the spokes of a wheel, the nearer they get to the hub, so you will find that the nearer you both come to the perfect center, which is the Father, the less difference will there be between you and your brother. And then she gives examples of different people. The faith healer who who is praying for healing. And the you know, the the new thought student, she's not saying new thought, but it's basically what she's saying, who is believes that, you know, I don't have to pray for health. God is my health and all I have to do is speak the word and it'll come. She says, both get like results, God made visible through faith in the invisible. The mind of the one is lifted to a place of faith by asking or praying. 
the mind of the other is lifted to a place of faith by speaking words of truth. The point is what? They got the same result. God manifested in their experience. So if whatever way you use to get in contact and manifest the presence of God in your experience, do that. Do that because what? That gets results for you. She also goes on to talk about the absolutist. You know, she calls it the mental scientist in this book where, you know, all of that stuff is too orthodox. And I don't have to deal with all this God stuff as long as I got, you know, work with my conscious and subconscious mind and I'll, and, and, and this is all I have to do to work it out. Great. God be the glory if that's what you need to do. But don't discount what someone else does. I've known countless spiritual people of different faiths who radiate the presence of God because God isn't limited by somebody's religion because the scripture says ask and it will be given seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened it didn't say ask if you were the, uh, seek and knock if you're Baptist or Lutheran or Catholic or Shiite or Sunni Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or no or Zen Buddhist or New Thought or the various versions of New Thought or or agnostic or atheist. It's a principle. And if it's a principle, it works. As Reverend Coleman would say, it works if you work it. It's a principle. Therefore, let us recognize that anyone who strongly seeks the presence of God, and that's their desire to fully manifest and show forth the power of God, they'll find a way to express it now <clears throat> we're coming up on quickly on our first break so I want to make sure that I do extend to you <clears throat> excuse me an opportunity to call in and ask questions you can give me a call at 888 888-558-6489 888-558 6489. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. Let me know that you're out there, which I, I know you're out there, but you know, let me know that you're out there by giving me a call and letting me know that you are getting something from this. Uh, you know, how is it affecting your life? <clears throat> let me know. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support.
Awaken Your Soul with Soul Radiance, Meditation and Yoga Retreat, May 2nd through 5th at Unity Village. Join author Sarah McLean for a life-changing experience. Learn more at unityvillage.org slash soulradiance. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I am teaching from the book Lessons in Truth by H.M. Lee Cady. I'm teaching the last chapters today, uh, The Unity of Spirit. And, you know, basically, I want to make sure that I do hear from you. So please give me a call if you have the opportunity. I would love to hear from you. 888-558-6489. Oh, look like we have Judy on the phone. Judy, are you there? I am. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I called some weeks ago. I'm the same Judy that called. I go to CUT. Okay, hi. Earlier, and I just wanted to make a comment um, about the point that you were just making about the unity of spirit and what that means as far as you were reading on page 159 about, um, I like the quote about less separation between spokes of the wheel, the nearer that um, they get to the hub, you will find the nearer that you come to the perfect center, which is the father, the less difference you will be seen between you and your brother. Um, And um, to take it back Oh, I don't know. Some months ago, I think you had one or two shows about what does new thought have to offer the world mm-hmm. and um, sort of to bring that all together based on, again, what you were just saying. Um, uh, I've been in new thought for over 20 years now, but I always kind of had this sort of feeling of superiority. Um, you know how you were saying when you're sort of new on a spiritual path, you find something new and uh, it's kind of like being a reformed smoker. <laughs> you yeah. want everybody to do it. This is great. You know, you yeah. guys have got to see this. And also there's that little bit of my way's better than your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think it's really important, and I just got this here and also uh, in Basic Truth Principles 2, which I just finished with Reverend Boyd, um, she made the same point in class, is that um, find the path to God is um, universal, and there are different ways to get there, and new thought is only one of those ways. And I think yes. that's such 
an important thing and could make such a difference um, in the world that we live in if people got that from whatever the religious tradition is that they are following, that, you know, other people are on the same path. They've just chosen chosen a different way um, to get there. But anyway, I was just really, once again, it was another big aha when you made that point. Um, that's, that that's the difference great. in the path really doesn't matter. Right, right. Well, I'm glad that you got something out of that. Keep keep studying. Keep working with it. Keep working with it. I, and and, I and one one point I will add is almost every um, religion has its pro- people who have who develop a certain level of arrogance around their teaching mm-hmm. and. And a lot of it is because of the way the message is presented by the leaders. Um, you know, when when religion is taught, it's taught in a kind of an absolute way. You know, this is mm-hmm. truth. This is what it is. The Bible says, or the Quran says, mm-hmm. or the Torah says, or the whatever right. the religious book is. You know, uh, Book of Mormon, or the you know, it doesn't make a difference what the book is. We mm-hmm. teach it in a way that says this is absolute. Well, well. You know, when you start working with it beyond the literalness of it, you know, mm-hmm. even the, the the folks who who really seek to know God, even if they're working in a concept that is foreign to us, if their real real uh, desire is to experience the presence and power of, of God, they could be in the you know, and, and many experiences, you know, sometimes when I was growing up, you know, you know, I used to laugh. My grandmother used to, you know, evangelical minister, people falling out, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. speaking in tongues and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And as a kid, I thought that was quite funny. But I realized in their own way, they were, ex- they were experiencing the power of God. You know, people just don't walk in normal circumstances and fall straight hard on concrete floors and, and et cetera without something experiencing something and i saw the power of that in healings and other things that were expressed so mm-hmm. in their way they were experiencing it i think the the path that new thought took was to develop the mind or as reverend coleman would used to say you know learn something then you have something to shout about but mm-hmm. if those if people want to shout first go let them shout mm-hmm. you know god be the glory as long as they get there as long yeah, as they get there, exactly. you know. So thank you for calling. I appreciate it. And and Certainly. God bless. Certainly. I'll keep listening. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, well, if anyone else would like to call in, please do so at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Now, <clears throat> uh page 160 where she states uh the hap- the happy person who will from his heart exclaim praise the lord no matter what occurs to him and who thereby finds that all things work together for good for those who love god romans 8:28 is in reality saying the all is good of the metaphysician same thing same thing see it's it's recognizing the the presence and power of God in any experience. It's the same thing. All right. He says each one. She says rather each one does simply 
in all your ways acknowledge him or God good, which is indeed a magical wand bringing sure deliverance out of any trouble to all who faithfully use it. Now, obviously, the key word here is those who faithfully use it. Because if you don't utilize your faith, if you don't speak the word, if you don't shift the thinking uh, to realize that all things work together for good or that all is good or as sometimes new thought folks will say, it's all God. Then what ends up happening is the default thinking kicks in and the human default thinking will have you all over the place. And she tells a story about a lady who who didn't know anything about what we would call new thought metaphysics and, uh, you know, science of mind or anything like that. And, and how the revelation of a scripture came to her and how it transformed her. She says on page 161, uh, quoting a scripture of therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. No one can serve two masters from Matthew 6.22 and verse 24. This she states, she had read these words many times, but that day they were illumined by spirit. She saw that to have an eye single meant seeing but one power in her life. All right. And while she saw two powers, God and devil, good and evil, she was serving two masters now that's a very powerful revelation and she didn't get it from a charles fillmore book or wayne dyer book or deepak chopra or eckhart tolle or joel goldsmith or ernest holmes or emmett fox she received it from the same place they received it from the spirit of god working in and through her soul that's how it works that's how it works. You know, it's rare that a week goes by that s- several people won't uh, say to me, I was listening to this minister on TV and he was teaching truth. He was teaching new thought. He must be getting our tapes. He must be reading Catherine Ponder. Uh, she must be listening to, you know, old Johnny tapes. Or they must be watching our stream and, and, and taking Reverend Wells' lessons. But really what's going on is just the fullness of the time. Because the unity of spirit is bringing people to the space where, where more and more people are talking about the unity of spirit, where more people are talking about our oneness with God, where more people are dealing with the practical everyday things of life. In other words, people are focusing on helping people how to live here in oneness. It's easy to live in oneness when you don't have to deal with people. If you just had to deal with yourself, life would be easy. But you have to deal with folks and in dealing with folks when you're out of a body up there somewhere by and by when you die makes it easy. But what about what's going on now? And this is the point that I want to make. And she doesn't say it in this book, but obviously part of what I'm trying to do is give you the extra. That's not a part of the book. Hopefully in a way that it can benefit you to help you now. One of the things that Jesus taught was that the kingdom of God was at hand. That was one of his main teachings. The kingdom of God is at hand. And 
why was th- why is this important? Because the scriptures, uh, and I'm using from the scriptures from the standpoint of a Christian point of view, talks a lot about the newness, the newness of God. Now, of course, it's wrapped up in biblical language. So Jesus used the term the kingdom of God. And I, I want you just to to think about the possibility that the kingdom of God, besides all of the different definitions we've given it, you know, the presence of God, you know, the, you know the you know the realm of divine ideas, the, you know, metaphysical jargon, or the or the uh, you know the power of God manifested in your life, and all of those things. All those things are great and good and wonderful and true. But let me just suggest another version, another way of looking at it. The kingdom of God is a new way of looking at life through the consciousness of oneness. A new way of looking at life through the consciousness of oneness. So Jesus was teaching a new shift, or let me put it this way, Jesus was offering people a paradigm shift. So when you read scriptures, like in the Gospel of Mark, and this is a very good scripture, and it says in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, John meaning John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near or at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. Now, we look at that and say, oh, you know, that sounds more like that religious jargon. But what is it really saying? It said he was proclaiming the good news or the gospel. Gospel means the good news. What's good news? Good news is that which can help you in your life. Good news is that which lifts you up. When you say that's good news, normally it has some type of inspirational component to it. So what was he was proclaiming? He was proclaiming. This is what he was teaching. This is what he was about. And what was he saying? The time is fulfilled. In other words, now's the time. Why is the time fulfilled? Because God always deals in the now. I am, not I was or I will be. I am that I am. And the kingdom of God, this new paradigm shift, this new way of thinking, living, and being has come near or is at hand. It's available for you, in other words. Now it's time for this consciousness to be available for you. It was always available, but somebody had to proclaim it. Repent. Now, we think repent is something to do with, oh, my God, sinners are evil and all of that. But repent in Greek means change your mind. In Aramaic, the language of Jesus, it just means to use common vernacular, make an about face. Turn around. And believe in the good news. So we have to, one, ex- realize that 
is here for me now. This new way of looking at life, this new way of thinking about life, realizing that I don't have to be limited to who I was and what I did. Now, you have to remember the unity of spirit. Jesus came up to fishermen and and Peter. One of the most popular stories is him walking up to Peter and saying, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Now, here was most likely an uneducated peasant class fisherman. I hear that. An uneducated peasant class fisherman who immediately after Jesus's crucifixion resurrection experience led the movement into being spread around the world. Eventually, he, his, Jesus' brother ended up being the leader. But if you read the book of Acts, it was Peter who took charge. So much so now that, that the Catholic Church considers him the first pope, the, the first bishop of Rome. Matter of fact, every pope is considered the bishop of Rome because of Peter. Now, I don't know if that's historically true or not. What I can say is this. His paradigm was shifted because he realized the kingdom of God. He realized the possibilities of God. He realized the infinite potential of God. He realized that his life didn't have to be the same once he accepted what Jesus was telling him was possible for his life. What I'm saying to you today is you don't have to accept the way life has been when you realize the unity of spirit. That the kingdom of God is at hand for you right now. And you can change your mind and believe in the good news that your limitations are over, that your past does not dictate your future. Because if an uneducated peasant class fisherman can have statues and a whole city a whole city in a in a country that's that has its own currency and everything else built around him because he proclaimed his teacher's message i'm suggesting that your life can be transformed as well again the name of the show is truth transforms you are not your past the kingdom of god is at hand so in the book of revelations the states the uh John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. What's new for you today? What's new for you today? I want to read this quote and we're going to take another quick break or our last break. This is from uh, Esther Hicks. I love this. She states, nothing that has ever happened has anything to do with now. Unless in my now, I continue to think and speak about it. Fresh new thoughts today will always give me a fresh new experience. Let that sit on your soul and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. You ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? 
When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get uh, back to teaching the lesson, I want to make a couple of quick points. Uh, One, again, I want to remind you that you can watch the live stream of Christ Universal Temple Sunday morning worship service at www.cutemple.org every Sunday at 1030 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. Please make sure you check us out. I think you'll like it. Uh, Reverend Derek B. Wells is giving powerful lessons every Sunday, and I'm sure that something that will be given either in sermon or song will help you transform your life. Also, a reminder that uh, this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Please look it up, like it, um, share it with other folks. So we can make sure that we get the word out about the show and we can continue to help spread this message of unity all over the world. Uh, Also, I want to remind you that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your love offerings, your donations, your gifts. So please make sure that you are a committed stand for the transformation of the world by donating. Jesus said, freely you have received freely give and he also said give and it will be given back unto you pressed down shaken together and running over you can't out give god so as you work with that principle me please make sure that you are staying for supporting unity online radio and finally last reminder um 
this is obviously the last show on lessons in truth. And I had mentioned before that I was going to do the book of revelation, but I'm not prepared to do that as of yet. My soul is saying not yet. So I'm not going to do it yet. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start next week teaching the unity classic prosperity by Charles Fillmore chapter by chapter. Most likely start with the preface next week and just go from there. Uh, it's a book that's easily available. Most people have it. If you can't, you can buy it. I'm sure some free versions out there floating around that you can download to your computer, tablet or smartphone and you can follow it along with it with me chapter by chapter until we finish the whole book. Uh, the early part of the book is a little bit of tough reading, but once you get past that, it's smooth sailing. So, you know, we'll get you past, you know, the part of the roller coaster that's, you know, that's the dip. He has a dip in the book where, you know, you really hit some hard concepts in language, uh, that we might not be familiar with now or use or word things the way he did it in, you know, you know, 80, 90 years ago when he wrote the material. So prosperity by Charles Fillmore, make sure that you don't miss it. This should be a great experience for everyone involved. All right, moving on. Last point I want to make about this chapter to make sure we wrap up the series on lessons and truth in a bow is her mindset, which I think is a fantastic way to end this chapter on the new thought perspective or the metaphysical perspective that, you know, because God is principle and universal law and mind action, that sometimes we get so far into that we lose the, the comforting power and presence of God as a father or father, mother, as she uses the term. Or Jesus would say the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we get so in the mind that we forget about the presence. Now, here's, here's the thing about uh, studying God. When you study God, it's always a paradox. You're always going to have, yeah, God is love. God is also law. You know, you're going to have that. You know, you know, God is divine law, cause and effect, or mind action, or whatever term you want to use. But God is also infinite grace. Therefore, her, her argument is you can still have both. She states it this way. On page 165. And even in these latter days when we talk so much about oneness, most teachers of metaphysics manage again to separate God's children from him by saying that while the child may suffer, the father knows no suffering, nor does he take cognizance of the child's suffering that we, his children, forever a part of him are torn and lacerated while he, knowing nothing of this, goes on as serenely and indifferently as the full moon sails through the heavens on a winter night. It is little wonder that many to whom the first practical lessons in the gospel of the Christ came as liberation and power should in time of failure and heartache have turned back to the old limited belief of the fatherhood of God. There is no real reason why, having come to recognize God as infinite substance, should by should be by the, this recognition deprived of the familiar fatherly companionship that in all ages has been so dear to the human heart. There is no necessity for us to separate God as substance and God as tender father, 
no reason why we should not and every reason why we should have both in one. They are one. God principle outside of us as unchangeable law. God within us as tender, loving father, mother who has compassion for our every sorrow. I'm going to continue reading because this is so good and then I'll expound. There is no reason why, because in our earlier years, some of us were forced into the narrow puritanical limits that stood for a religious belief. We should now so exaggerate our freedom, excuse me, as to fancy that we are entirely self-sufficient and shall never again need the sweet, uplifting communion between father and child. The created <clears throat> who has ever lives, moves, and has his being in his creator needs the conscious presence of that creator <clears throat> and cannot be entirely happy in knowing God only as a cold, unsympathetic principle. Why cannot both conceptions find lodgment in the minds and hearts? Both are true and both are a necessary part of a whole. Now, this part of the of the lesson is really the crux, really the crux, because what it's saying is this. We can become so definite in our religious beliefs about the divine principle of God that we miss the presence of God as the divine activity and comforter of the soul. What do I mean by that? When you do your inner work and you really desire to know the presence and power of God in your life, there's a peace that passes all human understanding. There's an aspect of it that brings power along with the presence one of the ways we teach the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the whole spirit of God in action or the activity of God so the activity of God moving through your body my body our body the activity of God working as peace the activity of God Working as love in my soul. So in other words, if I'm going through the going through, it is it is a comfort at a level that I can work divine law and get free. But it's also a comfort that I can turn within to the presence of God and get the the transcendent transformation of my own feelings and feel the comfort of God know that that is well beyond the comfort of a mother's arms that that a peace can come over our souls that is so strong that a thousand can fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand and it shall not come near us that a strength can come forth that tells us that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. That's a part of the unity of spirit. Just because you are a firm thinker of divine law does not mean that you can't have the grace to go along with it. 
to make to to have you realize that that the more you understand God as principle, the easier it is for you to flow through and work through God as infinite grace and love in your life. I just want you to just consider the possibility that you can have them both. God can be the comforter of your soul. And yet God is the divine law that covers all things. Now, God as principle does not know anything about sickness, illness, poverty, lack, limitation, etc. Because God is principle. But God is also individualized in you through you as you. So, so God is always seeking self-expression as itself. So you weren't created to suffer. You weren't created to, to, to go through stuff without a means out. You were created, and I would say your very soul urge is always seeking freedom. That's why wherever there's an oppressed people, freedom will ring sooner or later because you can't stop it. It's inherent. She says it this way on page 168. The whole business of your Lord, the Father in you, is to care for you. To love you with an everlasting love. To note your slightest cry and to rescue you. Then you ask, why doesn't he do it? Because you do not recognize his indwelling and his power. And by resolutely affirming that he does now manifest himself as your all-sufficiency, call him forth into visibility. Now, what she's saying, so even though God is love and comfort, we still have a part to play in it by calling this comfort, this love, this peace, this grace, and the visibility in our lives. Because God is also law, we have to do what? We have a part to play in that. So when you activate the divine law in your experience, you're also calling forth the presence and power of God as grace and love and comfort in your life. Hopefully that comes across. Read the chapter yourself a couple of times. Pray on it and see what God reveals to you. Because again, when it's all said and done, done, that's the only real answer for you. Why? Because you must be born again. Not as a religious ritual. But as a transformation of your soul, again, if Jesus was selling a paradigm shift, the paradigm shift means that the old person has to go away so the new person can be born. And the old man, the old person is the old thinking, the old mind, the old ways of being. So the new mind, the new ways of being can come forth. Hopefully you got that. So again, I'm going to read this quote from Esther Hicks to close this. Nothing that has ever happened has anything to do with now. Unless in my now, I continue to think and speak about it. Fresh new thoughts today will always give me a fresh new experience. Rest in that consciousness. 
that my future isn't about my past. Life is only about my now. Rest in that consciousness. As you do that, you will activate the power in your life. And it can transform your life. It works if you work it. I will be back with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music. It's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Armageddon, the Lake of Fire, and then the choir of angels singing as Jesus emerges from the clouds. Ah, 
inside the book of Revelation. Are we really destined to the gloom and doom presented in the final book of the Bible? Or is it possible that within Revelation lies a spiritual guide to the human experience? Listen to this special series as Rev. Ed Townley, the author of Kingdom Come, and Rev. Ellen Devonport, author of The Five Principles, contemplate the truth about the book of Revelation. These colleagues and longtime friends discuss the convoluted symbolism of Revelation because Rev. Ed insists in his new book about Revelation that it's actually filled with positive reinforcement and helpful guidance. The Book of Revelation, an apocalyptic end-of-the-world prophecy, or a personal, practical guide to spiritual growth. Listen in to find out. This series begins Tuesday, April 16th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Kingdom Come, a journey through the Book of Revelation, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 